in the brutal podcast system. Any jackass with a microphone and internet connection can pose as an expert on any topic under the sun. Fortunately, however, there exists a humble duo of said jackasses who at least aspire to minimize the effects of the current egregious level of aforementioned fake-ass horseshit and those who perpetrate it. This duo attempts this very noble task by allowing you, the listener, to have total unimpeded access to the real minutiae of their pathetic everyday lives. This two-member task force is known deep within the podcast world as Zero Front. These are their stories. Welcome into the first edition of Zero Front, formerly known as Sean Matthews Podcast. As you heard in that that new introduction, um, it's a it's a new uh, chapter for our show. We changed the name of the show to Zero Front. We really like that name. Um, and uh, Joe Thurman's here with me. What do you think about that name, Joe? Well, I I do. Uh, we came up with the name because uh, we wanted to make a clear uh, distinction between the way we were operating in season one and the way we're going to operate now. We were operating in season one. I use, If you go back to the end of season one in that last episode, I, I give you an analogy of being at a kid's birthday party with the family and so forth. And you're going to talk and you're going to act a certain way because you're with Uncle Ernie and, and Grandma Jean and everybody and little kids. You're going to act a certain way when they're cutting the cake. And now a little later that same day, you're out in the backyard with the boys, with the guys, with the men having a couple beers, smoking a cigar, whatever, you're going to be more of yourself. So all we decided to do was not to add anything. We just decided to subtract the little thin veil we were operating under and expose more of who we really are, i.e. zero front. And front, for those who don't know, when you front, it's like you're bullshitting. You're putting on a facade. So that's our thing is zero front, zero facade, right at you. This is the fucking way we talk every day of the week, right? So that's the way it goes. So I do like the name, Sean, and that's what it means for those who don't know what it means. What else is on your mind? Um, not much, man. We uh, we recently uh, went on a little well, adventure. Well, well let me, let's let me jump just, right to the, uh, yeah. the lyrics. Yeah, I want to get to the lyrics, and then we'll, we'll, we're going to get to our venture. But I thank you for that, Sean. Um, I want to get right to the lyrics here. Quote, I've seen the lights go out on Broadway. I saw the Empire State lay low. And life went on beyond the Palisades. They all bought Cadillacs and left there long ago. Those are classic lyrics from a song by the one and only Billy Joel. The name of the song is Miami 2017. And unless you're a real Billy head like we are, some folks don't even know that. That's why they parenthesize this song. And they put Miami 2017 and they put in parentheses, Seen the lights go out on Broadway. It's one of those songs, Sean, that people don't really know by the title, but they know by a, a classic lyric. Real quickly, a quick one by The Who is Baba O'Reilly. Say, do you know Baba O'Reilly? So I say, what? Oh, Teenage Wasteland. Oh, yeah, I know that one, dude. So people know certain songs, not by the title of the track, but by a, a classic lyric in it. But nevertheless, the song is Miami 2017, and it's by Billy Joel. It's on the Turnstiles album. And also on that album and tied in with the whole thing is Say Goodbye to Hollywood because he moved from L.A. back to New York. That's all part of this whole story here. And New York State of Mind was also right in there when his when he was thinking about all this. 
Uh, he was living in L.A. in the early 70s, Billy Joel was, and he was trying to make a go of it as a musician. Then he found out uh, what dire straits New York City was in at the time. They were almost bankrupt. And they asked the federal government for help. And President Ford said in so many words, he's not interested in it. And he, he condemned the idea without even any hesitation. As a matter of fact, the New York Daily News, the iconic headlines, it reads this way, and I quote, Ford to city, drop dead. Ford to city, colon, drop dead. When Billy Joe saw that, and he read the article, and he got more of a grasp on how much um, peril the city was in, he decided to move back to New York. And he moved back there, and... He was concerned, and he thought to himself, I'm in my mid-20s. What if this city really does fall? I mean, it won't be the first time in history that a major metropolis has fallen. And he thought to himself, I'm in my mid-20s now. If this, this great place falls, what am I going to tell my grandchildren in 40-some years? So he randomly, arbitrarily just picked 2017 because in 1975, 76, 2017 was unconscionable almost. It was like way out there. So he picked 2017 and he created what he called uh, a science fiction story about a guy who was in Florida in 2017, 68 years old, and explaining to his grandchildren what a wonderful place this New York place was and how it fell. And that was the impetus for the song. And I think it's one of Billy Joel's best, one of my favorite, not, not the favorite now, let's don't get it twisted, but one of my favorite. I mean, and some people, Shawnee, even called it prophetic because he talks about skyscrapers crumbling. That gives me chills when I think about it. He wrote this in 1976, skyscrapers crumbling. After 9-11, people looked at this song and like, wow, wow, wonder what the hell, you know, and we also talked about churches burning and bridges blowing up and so forth and so on, which, which it's when you investigate a little further, you do realize it's a science fiction. But when, you know, art imitates life and light imitate, life imitates art, it's like skyscrapers are crumbling. The sirens in the very beginning are to set the tone for, wow, this is an emergency. But I think it's, it's, it's tremendous. And that leads me into what I'd like to say is, uh, January 11th, uh, a week and a day ago, eight days ago, you and I got on a train and we went to New York City and Madison Square Garden. We got to see this guy. I had never been to Madison Square Garden. I had never seen Billy Joel. And it was from the train ride up to the restaurant we stopped in to the, the people we met at the concert to when he took the stage and he opened up. And this is why I went here today with this. Plus, it is one of my favorite songs. He opened up with this song, and I just was just tingly all over. I just got like, wow. And it's nothing but him and the piano and a big blue light coming down on him. And when he started in, I was just like, oh, wow. This is going to be <laughs> epic. You know what I'm saying? It really, really was. And, Johnny, I have? had a tremendous night. I had a tremendous night, and I'm so glad we did that. What do you think about the um, the seats? How about that upgrade, man? It was a last minute upgrade on your on your end, and I'm so glad you did it because, you know, um, you took us. I mean, if it's a circle, right? If it's a circle, and Billy Joel's 
standing at, uh, you know, six o'clock and you, if it's a clock face, right. And Billy Joel standing at six o'clock, you look straight ahead to 12 o'clock. We were at like 11. You moved us all the way over to like nine o'clock. You know what I mean? And so for people to get the idea, it was a great upgrade at like the night before you did it. And it yeah. was like so cool. And be honest with you, that's I'm I'm just spoiled when it comes to these. I don't I don't go to these things a lot. I don't go to a lot of them. But when I do, I want to do it right, right. And we did with Bruce. We did it here. And in the future, who knows where we'll go? I don't know, but we'll see what happens. But that kind of thing. But let's just talk about the your, other night. What was your impression of the train? The train was see. I never. I don't. I don't take trains anyway. Now, once in a while, we used to take something called the high speed line out of Lindenwald that used to take us to Philly or something. But I, 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 it's been years, years, decades, right? But I was expecting something more like you see on Seinfeld. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, something really rough and this and that. But we got on this train and it was like, you know, it was like the Orient Express or some shit, man. It was like the seats were really beautiful and the place it was clean and and you could just tell. Well, this isn't just some yeah, little, you know some little coach here this is a nice so i was i was pleased in that regard uh with the train and it's just so nice you jump on we jumped on in hamilton and we took it up and and i don't know it seemed like an hour and a half maybe it was a little longer but when you're not driving you know you can fiddle with your phone you can take a nap you can look out the window you can do whatever and i just thought and and guess what when the train arrives i'll go up these stairs and you're right in center you're right in new york city in manhattan so, so that that was cool. That was cool. But uh, it's wild that you could just kind of be exported from one world to the other. Like you're just like, okay, the suburbs, bam, we we enter this this train, and next thing you know, we enter this whole new world. It's like entering our different galaxy, different universe, and it's like, you know, yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like entering another galaxy, basically, and um, it's cool. And, uh, you know, you said let's get something to eat that's, like, predictable and, you know, doesn't, you know, do something crazy to your stomach or whatever. So probably, like, a cheeseburger could work. So I researched where there are good cheeseburgers near the uh, Madison Square Garden, and um, this place called Maggie Riley's popped up, and um, we went there. It's an Irish pub about a couple blocks away from um, from the garden, and uh, Joe got a cheeseburger. And man, what'd you think about it? I thought that cheeseburger was one of the best ones I've had in, I don't know, not going to go nuts here, but in, 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 in five years, maybe. I mean, I don't, it was as if you went to some relative's house that's really a grill master and he or she made you a double patty just the way you like it with fresh ground beef. I'm talking Angus, you know, just talking real primo. And it was tender. It was done just the way I like it. It was, I said medium. And when I say medium, because that, that's kind of what I mean, but I'm so used to getting it messed up. Like, okay. It was really medium. It was fresh ground beef. The first thing I tasted when my teeth sunk into this thing was the, like the, the, the grill marks that, you know, the, uh, the charcoal flavor. So that was, that was there. And on top of it was a nice couple pads of cheese. And I mean, good bacon, not bacon. That's so thick. It breaks your fucking teeth. Like when it, like a dog treat or something like that. You know what I mean? This was primo, nice bacon, just the way I like it. Not too soft, not burnt to a crisp either right in between. And with each bite, it broke apart. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Tell us about your, uh, your shepherd's pie. 
Yeah, man. Um, thank you for asking because um, that shepherd's pie was was a uh, was pretty fucking good. I'll be honest. It was um, it was a treat. It was you know, it first comes to you. It's like a you see a thick layer of like mashed potatoes, with a little uh, charcoal on top. It's a little nice. It looks like it's gonna be crispy. And you put your uh, they give you a spoon with it. You put your spoon into it, and then you there's a little layer of mashed potatoes. But then you you get into it, and there's layer of gravy, beef, vegetables. Um, it was nice and hot. It was just very good. And um, your cheese on that, Sean? I could have added cheese for a dollar, but I I haven't had shepherd's pie with cheese before, so I don't want to take a chance. So I didn't I okay. didn't add the cheese. Gotcha. You can, you can add cheese though. It's right on the menu. Okay. So, yeah. The shepherd's pie was delicious. And Joe, your burger. I think next time when I go. Um, I think I'm going to try the cheeseburger and then oh, yeah. I might, I don't know if I got the shepherd's pie too, and like share it with someone who I'm with. Like, yeah, no, 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 I'm not in to start sharing dishes, but what I can tell you is I'm, I'm, it, as much I somehow, as I respect your shepherd's pie, when I go back there, I'm getting that cheeseburger and it's a double patty. Again. I'm getting that bacon cheeseburger again. And yeah, so I'll, maybe I'll just, I'll just try the cheeseburger, but wow. Jokic just said, if Jokic just shot a free th Celtics are playing uh, nuggets right now. Yoga's just trying to free throw the ball, bounce in the back of the room, bounce high up in the air and bounce right back. And it's crazy. Like, anyway, um, yeah, so it was a fun night. So we, we ate a, Joe, Joe, would you score the burger out of 10? Time out, time out. Um, is Dominic DiVincenzo playing tonight? No, Dante, Dante DiVincenzo. Dante DiVincenzo. I'm Knicks, fucking with the, you. <laughs> the, Knicks are, the Knicks are not playing tonight. <laughs> I'm just messing with you because a couple of shows ago, you like Stone Cold interrupted me and started talking about Dante DiVincenzo. And I got I got yeah. a little pissed off, but we worked it out. But that's what we do, brah. You know what I mean? I, what, to go back to the train for a second, I jumped onto the train. And the first thing before we sit down, you're jumping all over my ass because I didn't remind you to, to bring your wallet or some shit. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, don't you see the irony here? You're getting pissed off at me for not reminding you. You're getting pissed off at me for forgetting something. Don't you see the irony? So, but, but what we do, we talked it out. We, you know, that's, it's actually funny shit. We should do more of that on the show, but go ahead. What were you saying, brother? Yeah. So the cheeseburgers. Oh, then you got dessert. What'd you get? Like an Oreo mousse cake or some crap? Yeah, it was, um, I didn't want to get, I, you know, I wanted to get the chocolate or, or as you call it, the chocolate, um, I wanted to get the that maybe think about that, but I didn't want to go heavy chocolate because you know that can really I don't want to get heartburn out and when I'm out you know, even though I had a Pepsi AC with me on my you know carrying it with me, I didn't want to risk heartburn at the concert you know so I, I got a, what they call an Oreo Oreo cream pie or something like that which had some chocolate in it obviously but it was it was more had the consistency of like cheesecake, but an Oreo flavor. And it was just right because if left up to me, Sean, if you saw the size of that wedge they brought me, I'd have taken three of those because it was a cheat day. I'd have taken three of those in one chunk, you know what I mean? But it was just the right size for dessert, and it was just enough because I like to have a little dessert, man. You know, I like to have a little something, even if it's a banana or something like on a regular, regular like strict eating day. You want something sweet, maybe a handful of raisins or whatever. And on a cheat day, I want something really good. So that's why I got that. But it was perfect because it wasn't a, a giant wedge. But the, no, that meal was righteous, bro. That, that, that was a righteous meal. And then we get to the concert. And you're showing me MSG. I took a couple pictures. One of the pictures I took was of the Pope who was there not too long ago. Um, you know, it was a thing on the wall. I took a picture there. We got to our seats. And... um. 
a young lady rolled in with her with her mother or her, you know, whatever, her adopted mom or stepmom. I don't know what it what, what the relationship was, but um, she rolled in and she said something or other about, oh, it's her birthday. She said that to the you know, remember the usher that was working there, the gentleman that was working there? Well, she said the mother said it's her birthday pointing to her daughter. And so the usher comes up, and I thought he was just going to come up and say, oh, happy birthday, because apparently he knew them. Maybe they go to MSG every now and again, right? So he, he came up, and they're right behind us. So he came up, and I thought he was just going to say happy birthday. But he said, hey, if you two want to come up in front of the stage here and take a few pictures, you're more than welcome to do that. I can take you up. So um, he took those two up, and it was her 20th birthday. Nice kid, cute kid, really a nice girl. Um and he took them up to in front of the stage, not on the stage now. And this is before the concert, but nevertheless, it's MSG, right? So I'm sure she got a few pictures. And I'm sure she did because I was watching them in front of where the uh, piano was and so forth. But it was a really nice gesture. Uh, we got to talking with them a little bit, too. Uh, you know, they were really cordial and, and they were having fun. And um, it, I thought that was neat, the fact that we got to be part of that, too, because we did. We were talking with them a little bit. and. Um, I like that part. I, I like that part too. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, so you were impressed with the garden. Uh, it was number show number ninety eight of his of his official residency in New York. He played. He's played more than ninety eight shows at MSG. But this is show number ninety eight of his his official residency. Um. So yeah, uh, it's cool. You know, he opens up Miami yeah. two thousand seventeen. Um, you know, I know you wanted him to play Captain Jack or Summer Highland Falls or. Um, the stranger, but he didn't play any of those. It was kind of like a duplicate. Billy the kid. The show that it's kind While of the night is still young, but go ahead. <laughs> it was kind of it was almost a duplicate of the night I the show I saw. Except when I saw him, he played Summer Highland Falls. He played Billy the Kid. Oh, shut um, up. <laughs> so, but um, no, it was cool. I think you were having a good time. The funniest thing, and we might put this on social media eventually. During Piano Man, I tried to get a video of you singing Piano Man. And you just got like so confused, looked, waved at the camera, and just you were just like, "What the fuck's going on, man?" It was like well, it's one of the funniest videos I've ever okay. seen. Okay, it is, and and what was funny to <laughs> me is is why is this Joker running right up? You basically pushed that phone down my fucking tonsils. I'm like, "What the fuck is? What are you doing, man? What? What? The, you were way up in my face with this phone." I'm like, "What are you doing?" Now, if you really wanted to get a picture of me singing, piano man, all you had to do was stay where you were. And point your phone at me, and I'd have never known the difference. And you got a real pic, you, you would have gotten a real, some real footage. But you ran up and this and that, and I'm like, I'm supposed to, uh, okay, what am I supposed to pose now? Like I'm singing, or what? Like, what do you, I just didn't understand it. But um, in both of our defense, first of all, whatever you were going to get doesn't really matter anyway. I sang almost all the way through that song until the point where you were freaking me out there, like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but the point is, we were both um, pretty, let's just say, quote unquote, relaxed. <laughs> we were both pretty relaxed and really uh, flowing with the show and had a good time, quote unquote, that kind of thing. So um, I don't really give a damn about that. I get. I suppose it was funny. It was funny to you because I wasn't singing. It was funny to me because you're running up to me and putting this thing like eight inches from, from my fucking face. I'm looking at myself on the phone. I'm like, what do you want, man? What are you doing? Because if you really wanted to get a picture of me singing... I would have never known about it. That would have been the best kind. Like, cause you were eight feet away, six feet away. You could have just pointed at your phone and not said a word. I, I was looking at the stage and I was singing, you know? So if you wanted to get a picture of me singing piano, man, all you had to do was stay put. What was it like from your, from your perspective to, uh, 
to be part of a crowd of singing piano man it was it was it, listen and i know piano man is billy joel's like um stairway to heaven right it's the, okay and he's probably like oh but and and for all of us it's like we we've heard it 37 million times agreed but you know what that's just like stairway to heaven. Sometimes you got to take a, a step back and say, okay, yeah, it's been so overplayed and this and that. It's the, sometimes it's the brunt of jokes and this and that. It's so common and so, but you know why? There's a reason because it was freaking awesome. That's why we did the show that one night. I, look, with, with Led Zeppelin, there are myriad tunes I could, I, I could just, but, so, but I, had to, I couldn't do any more at Led Zeppelin until I did that first, right? That was just the way I felt about it. Um, Piano Man is his stairway to heaven. And singing that song with twenty thousand people was Sing us really, a really song, cool. Yeah, piano man. All right, don't get too excited, Sparky. I'm just but joking. Man. I know, <laughs> but it was it was uh, it, it was fantastic. It was fantastic, and um, and I want to tell you, sixty five percent of what he did, I really, really, really liked. Right, the other thirty five was like, uh, you know, eh, it's it, it's it's okay, but that's all right, man. Of the 65% that I liked, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was well worth going there and doing all that, you know? Yeah, there were so about a half a dozen songs you didn't do, that, but it's okay. Was, um, I know, man. I'm just proud that, you know, you were able to kind of enjoy the city and, like, eat some good food. Because, you know, instead of just us going to get some, like, Chick-fil-A or some some fast food burger or Taco Bell, like, I was like, let's get, like, let's get New York City food. And honestly, you know, it was a good decision because it worked out really well, man. Yes, it, it really, really did. And, and I just didn't want to, uh, you know, I mean, we spent enough on the ticket, and enough on this and that. Neither one of us are, you know, Rockefellers. So I just didn't want to, um, you know, I didn't want to spend too much. But it was, Sean, um, when I go to uh, Taco Bell and Let Loose or, or, or Chick-fil-A or someone like that, I'm at the better part of $30 a lot of times, the better part of it. And so for like $30, $35 each, we ate at a, a great place and had that real, you know, that real flavor, that real down. And it, is down cool. it, was, it was an Irish pub and you said the bartender had an Irish accent, right? We sat down and he walks up and he, he walks up and he says, got to get you a drink, lads. Just like that. I swear. That's what he said. And I don't think you heard him all that well, like, cause it was somewhat noisy. It was a, listen, we were lucky to get two seats at that. Cause the place was packed. We almost had to turn around and go, but the, the waitress said, if you don't mind sitting at the bar, I can get you two. And honest to God, the two seats that she got for us down the end of that bar, they were the last seats like to sit down and eat anywhere in that restaurant. That was packed. So it was noisy. So you, but you didn't hear them. And, and I said to you, I turned to you and I said, could I get you a drink, lads? Just like that to you. And you're like, huh? I said, the bartender, you didn't hear that? And he goes, you said, no, I, I didn't hear it, but, uh, that's cool. I, I, I said, you know, and what's the name of this place again? I kind yeah. of like, okay. But um, no, it, 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 it was neat. It was neat. It was yeah. neat. Would you say if you had to spend the same amount of money to go see um, an artist again, would you rather see Bruce in the pit or Billy in that those similar seats again? Where would you, where would you go? But there's positives and negatives to, to both, Shawnee. There you really to, is. You have, choose, you have to choose another, just the same experience, but you have to choose, you know. What, oh, the uh, exact same experience. So each set list is going to be the same. Yeah. It's Bruce. Okay. Yeah. 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 
But uh, okay, remember I was telling you about uh, that that guy who works for the Howard Stern show, Mamet, uh, how a kid in his neighborhood gave him the finger. So he went to the kid's parents and wrote a letter and told them his kid, their kid gave him the finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually, you you said you agreed with that. You you would do the same thing. Even the kid just gave you the finger one time. That's it. Oh, because the way you had explained it to me that night, I thought no, they just what they said, revealed. They revealed in the next episode of the show is that he only he gave it to him one time, but he did it several times in the same moment. Like you know, oh yeah, because you said I thought there was there was yeah. there was some yeah, okay. that's what I thought too. And then and then like they're like, oh by the way, oh it was only one time. And everyone, I was listening. I was like, oh my god, what, way to way to leave out that detail. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that's a gigantic detail, bro. If if some smart ass kid just gives me the finger off me, he's sitting on the back of a school bus and the, the back seat, and I'm in the car behind, and he or whatever, maybe, what a one time. But if it's a repeated incident of disrespect, then I would, if I knew who the parents were, I'd knock on the door and just politely tell them what little Jimmy is doing, and they're liable to, if they're any kind of decent parents, um, they're going to say, okay, no problem, sir. We're going to talk to him about that and. And, you know, and you could even I would even stress it's not that big a deal and this and that because I don't want the kid to get slapped around or anything. Um, but you run the risk also, also, though, of of parents that are like, you know. You know, my kid didn't do anything wrong. Why don't you get the hell out of here? That kind of thing. You know, you're going to wind up with some of those, too. But most decent parents, most good, re respectable, responsible, decent parents, if you come at them the right way and say, I'm sorry, Mrs. Cleaverton. I just wanted to say that um, I think Billy's a nice kid. He really is. He seems like a nice boy. It's just lately things have been a little bit off. He uh, gave me the middle finger a couple of times recently, and I, I'm not th that upset about it, but I'd like you to know so that it doesn't get – that kind of behavior doesn't get him in trouble in the future. And I know you folks aren't those kind of folks. Boom, right? So it's all the way you put it. If you walk up to the door and say, hey – a little bastard son of yours, you know, something. then you might have, you know what I mean? So it's all in the presentation. But I, if that were repeatedly, if, let me just cut to the chase. If, if a kid repeatedly did that and I knew who the parents were, I'd let them know about it, that I didn't appreciate it. And maybe there's something they could do to, uh, to persuade him to, you know, and that's called growing up. That's called learning lessons. We all had to do it, right? So, um, but yeah, the, I, I miss... I didn't misinterpret. You did say something about the verbiage you used to me to describe that that night indicated to me that th this was a repeated thing. There were multiple and there were multiple, apparently, but on the same day, like right in the same like in the same five minutes, you know, or something like that. So but yeah, 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 yeah. If, if uh, there's nothing wrong with going to parents. You know, and like I said, though, sometimes you might know, know the you might know the, who the parents are ahead of time, like for, for a different way. Like, oh, Christ. No, I'm not going to go up and knock on their door. I'm wasting my freaking time. You know, no wonder the kids like that because, you know, those, you know, so so it all depends on the situation, my bro. Um, what else is going on, man? Have yeah. you seen any? Oh, have, you ever heard, have you ever heard? Uh, um, no, no, I'm just fucking with you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Women, women who say uh, I'm going to I have to go to the bathroom, the power to my nose. Uh, what does that yeah. mean? Powder your when women say they have to powder their nose, it's 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 in understood. It instead of them saying they have to go take a piss, right, <laughs> or whatever, they say I have to go powder my nose. That's just a polite way. Um, you oh, know, so it doesn't mean they're putting makeup on. It could, but it's a metaphor for going 
you know, using the facilities, uh, you know, especially like, I, especially it, for women, Sean. I also know. thought I thought too is like, what does it mean? Like they're doing cocaine, like they're powdering their nose with coke or something like that. <laughs> and in some circles, that could be true. Um, you know, there's a line in that other Billy Joel song, Big Shot, talking about that. But um, um, now, and when women say, "Oh, I have to go powder my nose," that means they just. You know, they don't want you to know what they're doing, but they're just they could be using the bathroom, like really using the bathroom, but they could be, yeah. you know, fixing something or whatever. But yeah, um, oh, I tried uh, the pretzel bacon in there, dude. It's friggin' so overrated, man. Like the pretzel, the, the taste of the pretzel bun in combination with a burger to me is disgusting. I don't want a pretzel taste with my burger, man. Yeah, you know, Shawnee, I, tr I remember tr being all hyped about to try that. This was, I'm going back five years. Because this has been around. They bring it back every now and then. I'm going back. Got to tell you, it's got to be five years ago. Um, I tried it. And I don't like these buns that are, like, hard to chew through or, like, really, really kind of tough. And you're, these, this, this pretzel bun stuff and this brioche bullshit, give me a regular hamburger bun. Because, like with that burger that I ate last week over there in New York, you asked me later that night, what was the bun? I, I don't know. And that's a good sign because I'm not, I don't give a rat's ass about the bun too much. Um, all I want to know is uh, about the bun is sort of like officials in a game. I don't want to hear from, if I don't hear from you, it's pretty good because my attention was on the meat, that meat and the bacon and the cheese and a, a ketchup, of course, you know, uh, but it was also good that um, I don't pay much attention to the bun, but yeah. uh, I don't no, like a tough bun either. Is there a worse feeling than getting up early in the morning, like five, six in the morning when it's like the sun's barely out, it's still kind of dark and it's, it's cold outside. Yeah. There's stuff all over your windows. You got to wait for your windows to clear and then you got to go spend the whole day at work. You got to drive to work. You got to spend a whole day at work. Is there, is there anything worse feeling than that in the morning? It, 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 it's a tough one. It, it is. Uh, um, <laughs> One of the things I didn't like too much about teaching is that, you know, uh, you, we had to be there at 710 every morning, which meant, you know, I had to be up pretty much by 530 or whatever it was to, you know, you get ready and so forth. And um, but, yeah, getting up anytime is not like fun to do the earlier, the worse. And then if it's cold outside, it's uh, it's it's even worse. But, the, you know, like anything else, after after about five, 10 minutes, you're OK, you know. But uh, we all do what we have to do in this world. You know what I mean? But um, what else? Have you seen any good movies lately? Yeah. So today I saw a really cool movie called The Beekeeper. Uh, it was with Jason Statham. Statham or Statham, however you pronounce his name. Sorry about that. But um, he's always in action movies. He's, you know, he's always in like, these absurd, you know, crazy action movies. But this one was pretty cool. Like The Beekeeper is like this secret society of like government who no one knows about. And they have to protect the hive at all costs. So if the queen's hurting the hive, you know, they have to try to assassinate the queen. And like, anyway, he, he like, he's like living like this life as a, he's really a beekeeper. Like he actually like makes honey and stuff. And this lady gets scammed out of our life savings by this group of like crazy hackers. Um, and she like commits suicide. Oh, so he makes yeah. it his mission to like find out these people who did, who did this to her and like kill them all and stuff. And the whole movie is about that. Fucking so, like, a. They deserve I give it, it a, uh, I give it a strong 7.5 solid action movie. But one of the best movies I saw recently was called American Fiction. I really enjoyed that one. It's about a, a African American author who's frustrated that his books aren't getting the proper attention because he's black. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He writes under a pseudonym, pseudonym under like a real um, um, street ghetto sounding name, right. and writes under like a bonnet and slang. And the, the 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 book 
you know, gets considered for awards and starts like being the best sellers list and starts making a ton of money and they might have to make a movie after it and it gets so frustrated. So um, that movie, I give about a 7.9. It was really good. So Beekeeper and American Fiction are two movies I recommend that are in theaters now. Joe, how about you? You, you watch anything good lately? Not in the in the way of movies, I don't think. Um, been watching a lot of sports. I mean, this is in, in, and I probably should uh, let that uh, kind of uh, take us into. Yeah, we'll talk about the Eagles in a second. But, yeah. Um, um, before the Eagles, I want to talk about um, a couple other things, man. But um, yeah, man. Okay. Well, I would like to talk quickly while you're figuring out those other things. Um, I'll just give you my feel on the Eagles and then you can give me your feel on whatever. Um, the birds had a difficult year. The birds were 10 and one at one point, but that 10 and one wasn't a real 10 and one. If you followed every game, they could have been a six and five football team at that point very easily. They really could. They, they won so many squeakers and you knew going along, that they were going to be this year's Minnesota Vikings. Last year, the Vikings did something very similar. Won a lot of squeakers, accumulated a record that was way better than they were, and then uh, reality smacked them in the face. The Philadelphia Eagles last year were the best team in football. They didn't actually win that game. They were It was taken from them, you know, by the referees. And Jalen didn't help with giving the other team seven points on a fumble either, but they were the better football team. That's why they were favored going into that game last year at Super Bowl. But they lost a lot of things, Shawnee. They lost their offensive coordinator. They lost their defensive coordinator. They lost five guys on that starting defense. Really good football players. And missing all that and also being the team that was lost the Super Bowl, the chances of getting back were slim anyway. So with all that being said, Shit so happens. Let's cut, it let's happens. Cut to the chase. Let's cut to the chase. If they fire Sirianni, which they probably should, uh, who's, your, who's your first choice? Belichick, Harbaugh, or uh, Belichick or Harbaugh? What do you think? First of all, I want to agree with you. Right, I want to agree with you wholeheartedly about they should get rid of Sirianni. It's not like punishment for this, but it's just like um, a lot of people say, well, "He won this many. He won that money. He won that." Listen, he he had a team this year that was nothing more than a 500 team all year long. And when they went into that final slide, he couldn't get them out of it. So, yeah, I do agree with you that he should be fired. And, okay, my short list, you know, I'm really scratching my head about Belichick because I don't know, Sean, I mean, no great coach has ever gone to another team. I'm call- Lombardi went to the Redskins when he left Green Bay. Um, uh, Jimmy Johnson went to Miami. I mean, it's been done, but Parcells went to God knows where he went to a couple different places. Um, and he, no coach has ever won a Super Bowl with two teams. Um, so I don't, and I just think that it, it, something happened with Belichick in the last couple, three, four years, in addition to Tom Brady retiring, but I don't know. I think I would be the guy I would really go after first and foremost without question is Jim Harbaugh. He's a freaking good football coach. I know he's a little edgy. I know he can be. So what? This is Philadelphia. It's not Topeka, Kansas. This is Philadelphia. He's a little edgy. Guess what? What else is new? Who who isn't? All right. So, um, and I'll tell you, I love Nick Sirianni, but he can be, in case you didn't notice, he can be a little edgy. You know who I go after, right? All right. Eric Taylor. Eric Taylor. He's the varsity football coach of the Dillon Panthers. Um, 
in the fictional TV show Friday Night Lights on NBC. Okay. <laughs> I was I wondering, where the hell is he going would, with it? If I could choose, I'd rather have I'd rather have Michael, Mike Tomlin, but I think he's staying with the Steelers. But yeah, I'd probably go Tomlin, Belichick, and then Harbaugh third. So so right now I'm rooting for Belichick. So hopefully so hopefully they're doing their, their due diligence. Before they fire Sirianna, they're getting assurance that they're going to get one of the two, Harbaugh or Belichick. So hopefully they don't make any rash decision. Then, you know, because we could end up with Mike Vrabel too. That'd be fine, I guess. I like Vrabel's a good football guy. And he's, yeah. a, he's, a, he, yes, yes, yeah. I, I, you know, he was a, he's a, he did a lot with that team and there was limited, he, it was limited quarterback talent, limited passing game. They had Henry and all, but, but he knows how to put, he knows his football. The dude knows his football. But my, my, like if Jim Harbaugh would be first. And I think after Jim Harbaugh would be, I would take Belichick. Um, after Belichick, um, I think Har. I think we say Harbaugh, Belichick, and who else would be good? Vrabel. And um, who else? Oh, you know who I would think about. No one's even talking about, and he might not do it because he's he's buddies with Sirianni. Is Frank Reich? He was here before. He helped Doug win a Super Bowl. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what they do. I think they have to do something, no, bro. You know. Yeah. Are you there? Hello. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm here. I'm. I'm letting you talk, man. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, man. I can't believe it's, it's actually snowed a couple. Remember last year we were talking about snowing, but it's actually snowed a couple of times this week. You know what I mean? Yeah, it did, but Shawnee, we don't get, and I know for a fact it's been at least six years because I moved from where I used to live to where I live now six, six over six years ago. So like yeah, six years ago, and there hasn't been a snow like knee deep in all those years, and even now we're getting snow, but we're getting two inches. Oh wow! Boy, today was a big one. We might get four inches in some spot. I mean, what happened to those snows? That so to me, it's okay. But my God, what happened to two of those good storms every winter? It's it's almost like we we really don't get snow anymore, any serious snow anymore. But anyway, what I'd like to do is quickly do the. Oh, so let me just talk about the Eagles real quickly. They have to do something. Cowboys are holding on to their coach. I, as an Eagle fan, could not be happier. You stay right where you are and you do what you're doing. I mean, I what what gets me about them sometimes is just the hubris, the the, the audacity to like, well, we have high standards around here in championships. What the fuck are you talking about? Where do you get that from? I mean, it's 30 years ago because 30 years ago, some guy named Jimmy Johnson was here. There's no standard there. As a matter of fact, the standard there is to not win championships is to, is to like get kicked right out of the playoffs very quickly. That's, that's the standard there. I mean, what the fuck are you talking about? We, we have a stand. We won the thing six years ago. Okay. Uh, you know, we've been to so many championship games and this and that and all kind of, you know, so, I mean, I, I just don't, but uh, nevertheless, they like to have, like, they like to imagine this little pseudo world in which, you know, and we all the cowboys and we have some reputation to live by. And what the fuck are you talking about? Dude, get a time machine. Cause anyway, so that's that. 
I want to get into if I can. I just wanted to own the Cowboys. The Flyers are playing better. Commercial? You're talking about commercials. Did you ever see that commercial with Derek Jeter driving driving home in that Jeep? Yeah. That commercial makes me kind of sad sometimes, man. Does it? What do you think about oh. that commercial? Like where he has to like the there's, there's the bad weather, so he can't take the plane, so he's got to drive home to his family. And that, that Roy Orbison song, I drove all nights playing, but I think it's a different version playing. And he drives home to his family. That for some reason that the commercial is kind of like weird, man. Well, it, it's a, it's slightly emotional. I I got a good feeling out of it because it was pretty chill, it was pretty calm, and he's driving to his family, and they're all smiling at each other. You know, like they're all yeah. happy. Like it's kind of like it's you know it's kind of cold outside, it's dark. He's driving. Shit, you know what I mean, yeah, the one that bums me out, and the commercial that that bums me out. There's a sad commercial that bums me out a little bit. It's this young lady is probably about maybe in her mid twenties, and she goes over to her grandfather's house to see the grandparents, and apparently the grandmother is in you know dementia or whatever, and he's she's talking to her grandfather. And he says, Grandpa, how is she? And he says, well, she has good days and bad days, you know. And he, she goes out to the grandmother, and the grandmother seems kind of confused. So she goes, okay, Grandma, come on, let's go. Let's go for a ride. She takes her out for a ride, and she starts taking her by the school she used to go to and this and that. And she goes, okay, it's time to go home now. So she comes all the way back to the house, that same house. And the husband comes out, her, her, you know, her grandfather comes out. And just how you doing, sweetheart? And she knows exactly who he is and this and that. And but it was just one of those things. I think because my dad had the Alzheimer's and everything like that. But it, it, that's a real. And they played that song by John Denver, Sunshine, which is kind of an emotional type of a song. So it kind of fits in with it. But I thought it was really clever. And 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 it, it, it's, it can get to you. It can get to you. Yeah. Um, but now on a higher note, on a, on a more positive note. I would like to, if I could, let me see where, yeah, do we have time? I think we have time. Um, I would like to do one, not several, just one uh, pet peeve. I don't want to do a million of this. Okay. Sometimes I have more, sometimes I have less. The only pet peeve I have this week is the use of a word. And the word is literally. Literally, Sean. You know what I mean? Literally. Okay. If I say to you, if I say to you, those wings were so hot, my mouth was literally on fire. <laughs> what the fuck? No, it's not. It's it, it literally, okay, if you want your mouth to be on fire, let's put some lighter fluid there and strike a match. Then your mouth is fucking literally on fire. Well, okay? if we say we were literally, we, we saw Bruce Springsteen and Billy Joe, we are literally feet away. You're, you're correct, because we were literally feet away. It may have been, you know, 90 feet. But it, we were literally feet away. That's fine. Um, but it, you know, if if you you know, uh, if you say something like, "Dude, that was so funny," I was literally dying laughing. Well, if you were <laughs> literally dying laughing, we would have the car in here, and we have you hold away on a on a, on a gurney. I mean, the word literally. That's where they, and it, it, I just, it, it, it irritates me to no fucking end. Well, it really well, does. People say, to be honest, because they talk like, to be honest with you. But we'll, I know you we'll, we'll, no, no. And we'll talk about that. That doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me. You know, I just want to, this is one of my pet peeves. It's just the word literally folks look at literally, and then go look at the word figuratively, because most of the time 
your feet just take lit you, you need another emphasis you know word for emphasis get something else but don't use the word literally for emphasis because you got to use it you know correctly it's it's just oh oh my god i just i'm so hungry i could literally eat a horse no you couldn't eat a fucking horse you know what i mean figuratively yes but please and, and I, I know that's nitty picking but that's that um yeah, you got me hungry is i have i have a wendy's uh single cheeseburger i'm gonna i'm about to eat that for dinner in a second so all right man you want to wrap this up soon i've seen the lights go out on broadway um let me think do i have anything else i want to add literally um well yeah and you could say literally good because there's other, something i might want to add here or there that i didn't um we had a great time at the concert it was epic uh, the song was Miami 2017, folks. Please listen to it. And can I go into my final word, Sean? Is that all right? Go ahead. All right. You know, the one job I could really see myself doing is installing mirrors. Good night. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening.